0: The Bible says God is able to make all grace, all grace abound towards us, so that having all sufficiency, not some, all sufficiency, we may abound towards good works. Let me explain it a little bit. What he's saying is that God has made all grace that pertains to our lives available to us. He has made all grace abound to us. And the climax of that grace that God Himself has given us Himself. Because He created us insufficient, He created us not complete. Our completeness is God uniting with our humanity. And that is what has happened in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. We must catch this reality. We were created insufficient. And as long as God's own side does not unite with your humanity, you will continue to suffer all kinds of things. That insufficiency will show up in your life in different manners. So, God's dream is that we become complete. And that completeness has come through Jesus. So, the coming of Jesus or the arrival of Jesus in your life is a perfect combination of divinity and humanity. And that is the perfect will of God for each and every one of us. So, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we receive Jesus, that fullness of grace is fully enshrined in us. So on account of that, he now says we have all sufficiency, lacking nothing. In reality, you lack nothing again. And at this point, we're not talking about material things. First of all, it starts from the Spirit. So it means now you are complete in the spirit. You are furnished with all that should make up your entire being. Your completeness is God. Now, have we understood that also? It means now you have what it takes to do all the good works that God has ordained you to, to do. You cannot achieve your purpose exclusively. Lacking nothing if that is clear, we can answer why Paul is saying he said, in the first reading, he says, we want you to know, brethren, about the grace of God which has been shown in the churches of Macedonia that this grace, I just explained now, has been given to the church of Macedonia. They have come to understanding that they are no longer insufficient. But on account of grace, on account of the coming of Jesus in their lives, they are now completed in grace. On account of this, now they cannot give themselves to God. They cannot give themselves to God. Without that, you can't give yourself to God. Because in that grace, you will discover the love of God. And love is reciprocal. If you love, if you receive love, you have no option than to love back. You cannot love unless you see love. So when we discover the love of God in this grace that has been given, it overwhelms us so much that we begin to love God again. So it is that act of love that makes us to now give ourselves totally to God. Irrespective of whatever may be around us. So Paul started explaining that because of this, they have discovered this love. They are ready to give anything. He started praising them. Which have been shown in the church of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflown in a wealth of liberality on their part. For they gave according to their means. Why are people who are in church, why is that they don't give? Why are they so stingy to the system of their faith? It's because they have not discovered the love of God. The love of self is more than the love of God. They don't give. No matter what you say. They don't understand it. It's not their fault. They're just in bondage. They lack the truth that liberates. Their confidence is not in God. Their confidence is the thing that they have around them. For those of you who have been coming for advanced Bible course and all that, there's a dimension we are treating now. We call uh, understanding the warfare in the mind, the battle of the mind. The battleground is the mind, and that's where the devil holds human beings hostage. And one of the things he uses is what they call futility of the mind. By so doing, what does he do? He so obsesses you with materiality, that you see life only from the point of view of the things that you have. And they become gods in your life. To the point that you cannot assess life outside the material things. You can't see beyond. You see the point? And that is darkness. And he makes you see that the beginning and the end of your life is all about the things of this world. You can't catch the values of the things of heaven. Your treasure and your heart is not in the things of heaven. Your treasure and your heart is in the things of this world. So Paul is commending them that yes, now I can see that the grace that have come visited you, we can see the effect now that even in your lack, in your you know, not having enough, you are giving so much that you did not only give, but that is you even gave yourself to God. And he was commending that. He was commending them on that. And was encouraging them to continue they even gave beyond their means. They even gave beyond their means. They have captured that, yes, they belong to a kingdom. And as the citizens of that kingdom, they are bound by law of the kingdom to sponsor the advancement of that kingdom. So, we must understand that as God's people, we belong to a kingdom. God has furnished us with all that it takes. And to be perfect in God is not that you are too holy, that there's no scratch in your body and you didn't commit sin. No. It's a wrong understanding of perfection. Perfection is that finally the other part of you that was never there has finally been what? been united. So there's a perfect combination of what? Humanity and divinity. That when that happens, as Jesus now mentions in the gospel, you can now even understand the, the situation of your enemy that he's in bondage. So instead of you to be hurt and start reacting from the human point of view, there's a divine dimension of you that will now begin to what? Respond to your enemy who hates you. So he now says what in the gospel? He says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you because you are now having a bigger and a wider vista of life, knowing very well that there's a dimension in you that can forgive. But as long as, as you are see a slave in yourself, you can't forgive. You see your enemy. Uh, you see the person who hurts you as your enemy, and so this human attitude of pain and bitterness see holds you down. But if you understand the power of grace and understand the investment God has made in you, that you're a carrier of God right now, and it aligns in your mind and in your spirit, you will let go. You will let go hearts will not even touch your spirit any longer. Because what they say and what they do does not either add anything to your life or take away anything. Somebody lied against me, and so what? Somebody spoiled my name, and so what? Did your eyes spoil? You see, you're not thinking from above. And that's the dimension that we must, in our Christian growth, open ourselves to that reality. To a point where, if God has given us himself, we should be ready to give ourselves also. And not just ourselves, but give everything we have for the sake of the kingdom. May we gain understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because this is what the Spirit is ministering to us. So that we can be part of those who have understood what God is doing and we are fully connected. In that dimension, the grace of God will come to abound upon our lives and truly the mark of Christ will be with us. May God bless us in the house through Christ our Lord. Amen.